Hello and welcome back to the RevOps Show. Do you know what makes humans universally different from any other animal? Well, you're in luck because you'll find out in this episode, and I know it sounds strange, but it does in fact connect to the topic. You're just going to have to trust me. Today, Jess and Doug are discussing how your CRM is only as good as its configuration, which comes from a comment Doug saw because it corresponds with an overall problem that we've been seeing, which is simply just around CRM adoption and utilization. So, but no need for me to say any more because you'll get all the insights in just a second from Doug and Jess. So with that, let's roll into the intro music. Jess. Doug. It's RevOps show day. It is. It's a good day. It's not a Friday. It's not. We're we doing should... the RevOps show on the day that we're scheduled to do the RevOps show. What, what's I think this what's is the going second, on? This is the second one in a row, right? Is it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't keep track of those things. I know you don't. I don't know. It's unusual. So what are we talking about today, Jess? I want to talk about CRM configuration. Well, I want to talk about actually the fact that a CRM is only as good as its configuration. Jess, I couldn't say it better myself. I know. <laughs> so what, I mean, so, so you actually brought this topic up, full disclosure. Um, but, wow, but she, I, like, she like took away her. I did. I, I figured it was coming, but I thought I did my over I'm under not, was five minutes. Well, because I'm probably not going to be able to tee this up or articulate it as well had I had I prompted it. Um, but this came up through a, through a conversation that you were having, but we, but we see it frequently where you know the client, the potential client, laid out kind of what their needs were for the CRM what they called their minimum viable product. And while they laid out some specifications, it didn't really, um, it didn't really articulate what would be like, what did success look like for them or, or what, it, what it was that they were wanting the CRM to actually do what they wanted the output to, to be. So that's what I wanna talk about. Yeah, there, there, there's a whole lot in that. Yeah. Um, in, there's a whole lot in those words. There's a lot of words um, that, oh my God, I'm like, we're starting and all of a sudden I'm getting like bombarded with slacks suddenly. Oh, of course. Um, and my, my, my ADD is uh, firing on all cylinders right now. So um, we're, we're going to give this one a go. Um, so it, it really comes like, let, let, let's start the conversation with what is a CRM? Oh boy. Right. And, and then it opens up. The next question is, is a CRM a solution? As a matter of fact, you could go so far as to say, is any application, is any technology a solution? Yeah. And actually, I'm sorry, I can't say is any technology a solution because a technology could be a solution. Is any, is any branded application, branded technology, is that a okay. solution? And the answer is no, it's not. It is, it is potentially an enabler to a solution. It's potentially an accelerator to a solution, but it is not a solution. And I, and I would really go so far as to say technology is not a solution. It is a path to a solution. 
And if someone really wanted to get technical on this call, they could disagree with me and they would be correct because what they would point out is manual yeah. is a technology. Yes. Right? So if I were to use a pencil on a piece of paper, that is a technology. We, we forget that the word technology actually originated that we call it is actually high technology. So digital bits, bytes, et cetera. Um, I mean, so what is a CRM? A CRM is a customer relationship database. Glorified role. Customer relationship management system, right? Customer relationship management. Yep. It is a it is a multi-object database. Okay. I I I don't know that it always is, but but okay, I'm You're with right. you. You should know because you'd be right. Yeah, I there there are there are CRMs out there that are not a multi-object that are not multi Well, you know what? Actually, that's a really good point because you know what my first CRM was? Well, I, I know I know you use Act for DOS, but I don't think that's what you're but talking about. But I had a about. CRM I think you're talking that. about note cards. It's like, yeah, note cards. Yeah. I had perforated note cards in an index box. Yeah. That's what that I said. CRM is a, management CRM's a glorified Rolodex. <laughs> right. And, and, and by the way, I actually turned it into a multi-object system because I, I would have, staple other other objects to the record. I have no so I, doubt in my mind that you did this. Right. I had never thought about that as a multi-object system, but it was. Yes. So I mean a customer relationship, I mean it's a database, right? That's what yep. it is. And if you and if you want to talk about the modern, the you know, the first tier, they're multi-object relational databases. So multi-object in essence, and this is not the technical, it's they're multiple databases that relate to one another. Right. And so they can pivot, you know, the tables pivot off of each other. And it's it's like having, I mean, really all they are is a really complicated, automated it, it, spreadsheet workbook. That's what they are. Mm -hmm. By the way, every SaaS product is really just an automated spreadsheet. So all, all the database is, is a place to store data. Mm -hmm. Do you need a place to store data? Yes, you do. And, and by the way, what's the weakness of not having a multi-object database? can't really orient it right. to be correct. You'll have, you know, you'll, it'll be very, very difficult to manage. You might not have full line of sight across all yep. elements. And, and so, you know, when, you know, the, the, there's, there's kind of two conditions where this concept of configuration comes in. There is the, we have no real sustainable system. So we're, we're looking to launch a quote unquote new CRM. And then there's the other question that says we're looking to, our, our CRM is quote unquote not working and we need to migrate to a new CRM. So, so coming from, from zero to launch, if you will, mm -hmm. everybody has the same objective, right? They want it to be simple. Yeah. Right? By the way, I, I kind of, I don't kind of, I laugh whenever people start telling me what they want because they always say simple. Well, it needs to be simple. And I'm like, okay, gotcha. I've never found somebody that says what I'm looking for is a really complicated thing that will take, um, if, if it's not taking my rep 75% of their time to just keep it up <laughs> to date, then I'm not gonna be happy yep. with it. Okay. Yep. So everybody wants it simple. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants it easy. Yeah. And everybody wants it to work. Right. Yeah. And so the first sign of implementation failure is we, we just want to keep it simple. 
this seems to be a new Davidoffism because it comes up more and more and more. Simple is a byproduct. It's not an objective, right? You get to say like, and, and, and really, and I'm not the person that actually came up with this, but simple lies on the other side of complexity. Well, we, we, we talk about this in implementations, the inverse friction or principle. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But, but, you know, the inverse friction principle, for those of you who don't know that, know what it is, is that the ease or effortlessness of a user's experience has an inverse relationship to the complexity that went into the user experience. Into designing right? that system. Yeah. You know, easy to use software is freaking hard to do, right? I can, I can easily create a complex, impossible to read system. Right. That's a simple system. But, but, but another way and a simpler way of saying that is that if you don't go through the complexity, then you don't get to simple yep. because, because simple is complete. And so in some ways, and I actually have heard some people who historically that were huge proponents of the MVP idea, sure. minimum viable product, um, have actually, you know, regret that terminology. You know, and everyone says, and, and this was a literal situation where, where that led to this episode is, you know, our, our, our MVP is the ability to store all company and lead data in a single database that everyone can have access to. And we can report on that. That, that, you know, that enables us to be able to do basic reporting on that. By the way, everybody's report is basic. Beginners all purpose symbolic instruction code. Damn, that was the first computer language that I learned anything about. Okay. <clears throat> um, so I just had my Rain Man moment. And and we're able to track things to know, you know, has you know, has someone recently talked to this person? And if so, about what? Et cetera, et cetera. And so there's there's this conversation around MVP, and MVP stands for minimum viable product. Now, what people forget is that the key word in MVP or the key letter in MVP is V. It's viable. It's not minimum. Yeah. Right. And, and so the, the reality is, I mean, it, it, CRMs are a commodity. Let's just, let's just be candid. If what you want is a CRM, which by the way, the definition that, that this MVP was, they accurately defined what a CRM does. Yeah. Right. And, and I don't know of any CRM that doesn't do that even the non-multi-object ones no absolutely right? absolutely they, they all do that so if that worked then well just we probably wouldn't have a rev ops show and 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 so here's where the problem is you're gonna say and, what makes I, that not work let, let, let me back up for a second what what tends to happen i see this all the time is we talk about what is success and by the way, if you can't answer the question, what is success, then, then you might want to step back and do that before you start spending money on, on tech. Yeah. But, but what is success? And then we talk about, we want to keep things simple, quote unquote, keep things minimal. Right. Which I think means we don't want to think about it, but that's a story for another day. Um, and so what ends up happening is we see what isn't used. And we define the problem as a technology problem. So we're lacking the data. Okay. So we need a system that'll have the data. So we define the technology, right? So, so the problem gets defined as lack of information 
lack of data, we need to be able to store the data. Yep. The reality is they don't lack information and they don't lack data. Why do you say that? Because creating the world's greatest CRM, the world's greatest database can capture 100% of available data at, at its maximum. And I would argue that a database cannot capture 100% of data. The data is all of the touch points and you know qualitative and quantitative data that exists from all the people at a company that, right? So the salespeople have the data. It's just, right. it's in each salesperson's head. And, and by the way, let, let, let's realize that when a salesperson is inputting data into a CRM, you are only getting a portion of what the that person thinks, right? You're only getting a portion of what's in their head, which, which by the way, one of the reasons why, you know, one of the best ways to get adoption is to have the system be adopted without it, without anyone having to adopt anything, right? So why, why do we want email to be, you know, built in and, and to capture all that? Because we have all the data, Yeah. right? Yeah. Now, very few people, by the way, we have all, you know, we have every email in the CRM. Very few people can actually do anything with that, right? So it's not, it's not the data or the information that they lack, it's access. It's the access and availability and the use of the data. What does that mean, right? use of the data? So I can't use data that's in your head. Okay. Yep. Makes sense. Right. I, yeah. I can ask you and then you'll, you might tell me some of it, but now it's no longer in your head. Right. By the way, organizationally, when you tell me now it's in your head and my head, it's still not accessible. Right. People still can't use it. And, and, and by the way, that's where like everyone thinks what I see is everyone thinks is so focused on, on the market facing the front office aspect of sales and marketing technology that that they forget the vast majority of the friction and inaccessibility is back end oriented it's the back end part uh it's the backstage part of the sales marketing customer acquisition revenue acquisition revenue management expansion whatever you want to call it, it you know it, it it's managing that back end right so so if i have to ask you about something mm -hmm. then then the likelihood you know adoption utilization access drops precipitously right um and, and by the way sometimes not having any information is better than having just a little bit of the information because if you give me just a little bit of the information i'm just going to assume that's all of the information and right. i'm going to fill in everything else and that's where we get you know the wonderful world of communication that that that, that seems to dominate the world so, so the problem is not a technology problem. Mm -hmm. and, and, and you can see that if you put your real world lens on, which is to say, who can do this? Well, every CRM on the planet can do this. So that must not be the problem. And, and oh, by the way, why do, hell, if you're lucky 50%, but from the data that I see closer to 70% and maybe even 80%, why are, why are 50 to 75% of CRM, CRM implementations why do they fail to deliver on, on their intended outcomes? That, that can't be a CRM problem, right? If 20% don't, 
then then that could be a CRM problem. But but you're more likely to have a failed implementation than have a successful implementation. The problem is the adoption and utilization, right? So if you define adoption and utilization as the problem, then hell, even if you look at it as an MVP, you'll change what what the perspective is. Because if it's a technology problem, frankly, I'm going to let everybody in on a little secret. CRMs are actually really simple, basic technology today. Maybe there was a time where they were complicated, right? It's all the whiz-bang things that CRMs do on top of being a CRM that, that mm. have some, some level of complexity to it. But, but the CRM itself is, is a pretty basic tool. You know, from my perspective, I don't understand why people pay for a CRM. I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand why I have to pay a company so that someone can have access to data that's sitting there already. Why do I have to pay for access? I mean, it, it's like if I was still paying the post office, you know, why don't you pay the post office overnight rates to send an email? Yeah, I got you. Right. Um, I know they're two technically different processes. So the analogy doesn't technically work or the metaphor doesn't technically work, but the you're point, off on your metaphors today. The point still stands. So, so, and, and, and adoption and utilization comes down to configuration. So what does that mean? Adoption and utilization comes down to configuration. So when, when, when you buy a CRM, mm -hmm. which, which you wouldn't buy, cause you don't want to pay for a CRM. Sorry. <laughs> well, I wouldn't pay for it, but I would buy it. Okay. When you hire a CRM, yep. you're getting a standard tool. You're, you're, you're getting a box. Mm -hmm. How you make that box work for you, everything that you do so that the tool gets used, so that data gets stored. Because remember, like what, what's one of the big issues that people have with their CRM? I've got all kinds of data that I can't get access to. I mean, th think about this. How much really valuable data, how much really valuable insight exists in the, in the emails just sitting in somebody's CRM. Now, there are some advanced applications that will actually, I mean, somebody's listening to this going, oh, you should feature my product on it. There are, there are advanced and, and there are companies that, that mine that information and they pulled, yep. you know, they, they pull that out. Um, you look at what Gong is doing with, with audio, you know, that, all of those things come down to configuration, right? And, and, and one of the big things that has happened and, you know, HubSpot to, to all of its glory and detriment, they're, they're probably the best at this, is you're seeing more and more technology come out with, with what is dubbed the point of view, which means we've kind of done the thinking for you. So like when, when HubSpot came out with their account-based marketing setup, it mm -hmm. was, it was pre-built so that it was, yeah which makes it really simple, really easy to start using, except nobody's using it the way it was intended to be used. No one's really using it for, for those things. Um, and you know, one of, one of my issues of it was as account-based marketing is inherently a custom experience. So how can you have a standard setup to a custom experience, right? You know, point of view is good for sales because it makes it simple, but now I'm having to adapt the technology's methodology, not mm -hmm. my methodology. Right. You know, I've, I've talked about implementations of Salesforce that I have seen that I think are world-class wonderful. And I would love, I would love the tool if I was there. Right? Yeah. Now they've spent 
an amount of money that's beyond what I would conceive spending to create that environment. That was the configuration for, for, for use, right? Yeah. So how people are going to use it. Um, are you going to be able to access the data? Are you going to be able to, and, and really accessing the data to me is, can I separate what I'm looking for from what I'm not looking for? Right. Can I separate the signal from the noise? Um, can I get the right piece of information at the right time? I, I see a lot of situations and, you know, and one of the things that automation has done is, is it's actually created the perception that I'm getting the right information at the right time. Right. But all you have to do is take a look at the underlying experience. I mean, if that, if that were the case, why do we continue to see trust levels go down, customer experience go down, et cetera. So, you know, you know, so, so a CRM is only as good as the data that's in it. The data is only good as, as how it's used, how it's used requires adoption and utilization. So we might want to talk about what the difference of that is. Um, and, and to get adoption and utilization that requires the configuration, right? No two CRMs should be the same when they're fully up and running. You know, I'm, I, I believe that one reason why sales experiences are so commoditized is because of how organizations are using technology, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's talk, what's the difference between adoption and utilization? Adoption is a measurement of do people use it? Utilization is a measurement of the quality of that use against the intended use. So how are they using it relative I was actually to how we intended them to use it? Ask, is, it, is, it, is that how they're using it? Yeah. Right. And, 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 and so, so it's a measurement of how they're using it, but, but it, if you don't have a clear intent for how it should be used, how we think it should be used, what are we, what are we trying to accomplish here? What's the job to be done? Then you can't really assess utilization. And by the way, if you can't assess utilization, you can't do things to improve utilization. And if you can't do things to improve utilization, then utilization is going to atrophy. And as utilization atrophies, then adoption atrophies. And then you get, then you get adoption by enforcement. And, that works and, and so adoption, well. And you know, adoption by enforcement will hit some critical points, but there's a big cost to it. And and I can tell you, I wouldn't want to count on, on that data. Yeah. I mean, far, far too much data in databases is salespeople or data in CRM is salespeople managing their, their manager as much or more than it is actually driving low friction, higher impact, greater velocity. So how do you put, how do you put, so let's unpack that a little bit with adoption utilization. Like how do you put measurements on that? Cause I think, I think we always go to kind of what was framed up the example that we gave at the beginning of, I want my data in the system. I want it accessible because that's that's really easy to conceptualize and, and define. How do you do that for something like adoption and utilization where it's not quite as tangible? How do you, how do you define what- everywhere up to as tangible. Well, how, so how do you take tangible out since I threw you off? How does that, how, how do you define that? How do I define adoption and utilization? Adoption and utilization. Like how do you say, okay, if this, then we know that that's our, that's our 
our MVP for lack of a better term. That's, that's, are we meeting that's our, goal. Our, 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 are we increasing velocity and meeting the expectations and requirements we set forth as an organization? Jess is thinking for those of you not yes, watching. Yes, I, I, I am. <laughs> I, but so I guess for me, like, how do I, how do I, so you're looking at your goals as an organization and that, that tells you whether or not you've got adoption and utilization of the, of the CRM. Is that what you're saying? If we hit our business goals, then. Well, well, our business goals are more than that we hit a revenue number. Right there, there's there's other elements around there. Do we do we have the insights that we need? Do we have, I mean, what you tell me? What again? Th- th- this gets to the business process needs to drive the technology, not the other way around. Right? If you're saying, how do you measure adoption? Like, do we have six percent adoption? Well, I know some adoption? people measure adoption by going in and seeing if people have logged in. When's the last time people have logged into the CRM? That's not what we're talking about when we say adoption. Well, that's not not adoption. But that's not adoption. <laughs> so, so actually, that's adoption. That's not utilization. Okay, fair. Right. Um, and, and and maybe I would say, you know, are you adoption? Maybe is a step beyond. Did you log in? You know, how many times per day, week, month are are you entering? But but here's my question: mm-hmm. What should adopt? What should the adoption rate be? Enough to achieve the goals that you want to achieve. Which goes to my next question: Who cares? Right. That that's one of the places where we we use metrics to replace thought instead of to improve it. What is what is that? Metrics to replace thought instead of well, well, improve the, it? The, the problem with numbers, the problem with metrics isn't numbers. It's how people use them. It's how people use metrics. Metrics are valuable when they're used as a tool for better thinking. The problem is what ends up happening, it's good arts law. The moment you take a good metric and you turn it into an objective, it becomes a bad measurement, right? Adoption is a byproduct. Do I have to cajole you to adopt your feet? No. Hey, he keeps walking on his hands. He won't use his feet. So I, I do want to challenge you a little bit on adoption as a byproduct. Not that I not that I disagree with it, but 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 you actually said the the goal should be adoption utilization if that's a bright that that can't be a byproduct i never said the goal should be adoption utilization i never said that and i will give you a transcript of this conversation (laughs) i said the problem is adoption and utilization okay the goal is okay i i i replaced words (laughs) in my head but by the way we all do that that's what happens right and that's where things get so so now it becomes so how do I get people to adopt it more? Well, I make it really simple for them to use. I don't ask for a lot. Um, we, okay, but now what's the juice for the squeeze? If there's no juice for the squeeze, then I won't, I won't use. So what's the, by the way, what I would say it? is adoption. Adoption is only a means to utilization. Again, what, 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 how, you know, when you, when you implement adopt by force, you get adoption, but you don't get utilization. And sometimes you get the antithesis of utilization. Salespeople aren't going to keep the, the CRM up to date because you want them to. Sales for, salespeople are going to keep the CRM up to date because they want to. It's not what's in it for you. It's what's in it for them. And, and you know, what's in it for both. Yeah. And, and oh, by the way, to some degree, if you're serious about adoption and utilization, if that's a real thing, then, then I should see two things that happen. One is 
my top performers should have more adoption and utilization. So I take a look at my sales team and I see my top performers have lower adoption and utilization. Well, then why are you enforcing adoption and utilization? Right? What, what I want to know is how can the system enable those top performers to be even better that would then also cause other people to be, to, to, you know, to, to, to go down that path. You know, there, there, you know, there is an element where, you know, and, and, and this is where, you know, the setup and structure of a CRM, this again, go, goes back to configuration, mm -hmm. um, is, is really variant on, on what is the organization. So like, I would make an argument, like the way we design, like our, our standardized, cause we don't have a standard, but what we, you know, the playbook that we're, you know, for where we are right now of, of what we do to set up system adoption and utilization. I would not implement for a three-person sales team. Oh no, Lord no! Do you know why? Because it 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 would slow them down, and it it wouldn't it wouldn't benefit. It would nope, it would be too complex. Really okay, that's not really why. Why? Because I'm looking. Because if I have three salespeople, mm -hmm. I'm solving for the individual. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. When yeah. I have 50 salespeople, like, and I, like I used to have, I used to have a tough time with this lesson. Um, I don't understand. And I, and I, and I've had friends who, who have owned businesses or done some unique things and they decided, Hey, I've had enough. I want to go work. And, and they can't get hired by the companies that they want to hire. And they go, look, I can run circles around every one of the people in that job. I, like, why wouldn't they? I mean, I can't forget, it. I'm not getting hired. I'm not even getting interviewed. And, and I would always share with them. I said, the, the, here's the thing that you don't get. One person doesn't make the difference. They need to solve for the whole. There, yeah. there needs to be a standard. Now, do you need to have separate paths? Yes, of course you do. But, but are you solving for the organization? Or are you solving for the individual? I get into some disagreements with some sales coach friends of mine. And, and, and they, you know, they argue with me, no, no, I coach sales teams. And I'm like, no, I get, I get it. Right. I, I haven't had the data on my side for this. What they do is they teach individuals how to be great. Yep. There will always be a relatively small percentage of people that follow all, all of those things. There's probably a relatively small percentage that can, right. I'm in the business of moving the organization. Right. And, and so sometimes that means that the quote unquote top performer, the genius, like I need the genius in the system. If I want to scale, if I have the genius in the system that aligns with the genius individual, hot, hot diddy dog, as they used to say, but if the genius in the system conflicts with the genius in the individual, I get it. That's a tough, that, 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 that can be a tough play. Now I've had situations where you had the genius in the individual, that wasn't in the system and and they're like doug because they thought i was going to tell them that they needed to fire them look if they're not going to use the crm correctly fire them and like what what would make you think that i would recommend that you're going to fire this i mean because like he was literally this real world situation he was literally two times better than the next best rep and three times three to four times better than the average what i recommended to them was they hire somebody who was that person's CRM translator. Their job was to take everything, was to be the person that got the stuff into the CRM, right? And and let's find ways to get adoption without without realizing that I'm using it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
you know, and, th and then their next response to me was, well, wait, 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 you can't do that for just one person. I said, well, hold on a second. You're already well, making an exception. The question is, what exception do you want to make? Right. Right. Well, and, if they're and, selling that much more, yeah, yeah, you can't. And, and I said, look, this, this exception you can explain really well. Anybody that gets to the point where you're producing this, we're more than happy to hire an individual for you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Now, and again, that, 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 you know, that's an outlier an anecdote, if you will. But, you know, go going back to the MVP that we talked mm -hmm. about, there's nothing inherently wrong with that definition. Hey, what we need is a system that can, that can house all of our data in an organized fashion that everyone has access to and they can find this out. Okay, great. We can do that. What's the expectation from the MVP? This is the next yeah. thing that people forget. When I'm doing an MVP, I'm not like an, an MVP comes from, you know, the application development before you build the whole thing. You know, like an example of an MVP is, you know, just create pictures of what the interface is going to look like and, and show that to people. Right. Right, that's an MVP. Well, if your expectation is you're going to get a hundred dollars per user for for pictures of the interface, that that's not going to work. Right. right. It's a way to to test. It's a way to get some confirmation. And so, if you want to, like, if you want to do that, so that you can get your proof of concept that we can get all of our data into one place, that's fine. But if the expectation is we're going to increase cross sell. Or where you know, or oh, I know. or we're going to save administrative time. You know, I hear a lot of people talk about saving administrative time. And and what's interesting is, well, well, guess what? If I'm not storing anything, if there's nothing, I'm sorry. You're you're going to pick up. You're actually going to pick up immeasurable time. I'm sorry. You're going to pick up measurable admin time. The idea that because you had no admin, you were hundred yeah. percent productive is ridiculous on its face, right? How many things are dropped, forgotten, missed? Right. How much slower, how many fewer opportunities can I manage? You know, there's a, again, it's a juice for the squeeze question, but, but, but again, so, you know, you've got to tie the expectation to the outcome. I'm sorry. The, you got to tie the expectation to the outcome. That makes no damn sense. You got to tie the expectation to the input, right? So, What's the expectation from this iteration? And I, I think that's something that get lo gets lost. We talk about where implementations fail. I think expectation is a, is a huge piece, setting expectations with the person who's responsible for the implementation on their side, setting expectations with the users. Like that that piece gets lost consistently and and somewhere along the way during the implementation, especially doesn't frequently get defined at the beginning, but like that's a place where we don't, we don't think about defining that and communicating it throughout. So there's another element too, though, that, that I think gets missed when, when individuals started doing videos, the, the video quality was abysmal. Oh. Like it was grainy. You were out of focus. It was amateurish. It was just horrible. And I see people go out with that and show, this is where I started. You don't have to be good to get started. Now, I agree with that. You don't have to be good to get started. But you do have to be better than you had to be 10 years ago. Yeah. Right? And, and, and so part of the difficulty is, so the bar to get started for somebody today, like, and, and by the way, the reason that the person sucked on video had nothing to do with technology. There's a curve to being able to do things on video, right? There's just a whole element to that. 
and and the expectation of that, like so the first person that did video was like holy cow wow there's like it's not a well now we're used to like every i mean here this is high definition right yeah this this just thing that is mainly geared for you to listen to the sound only we we, we have high definition so so the the bar gets raised the the challenge here is the moment utilization the moment usage becomes a key element. And by the way, if you're looking to drive any business metric, if you're looking to drive any outcome, then you are at um, adoption utilization. It can't just be quote unquote simple. It also has to be complete, which means there has to be juice for the squeeze, right? If you're giving me this as one more thing to do, it's going to be hard to get me to do it. By the way, it's going to be hard to get me to do it, even when there is juice for the squeeze, because the status quo and inertia is really powerful. Hey, we brought a dialer to you. I'm so in the habit of, oh my God, I got to call Jim back. I pick up my cell phone and I call Jim. Yeah. Just because I do that without thinking about it. Right. Right. And then I go, oh, damn it. I didn't call from the CRM, so it's not transcribed. Oh, damn it. It's not long. I've, yeah. got, I've got to learn that behavior. Right. right. And by the way, if I'm going to log calls, what's in it for me to log calls? I, I, I love it because people talk about logging things and, and using metrics and like, well, the problem is people are going to sandbag. They're going to, you know, they're going to man if I, you know, and I'm like, well, look, if you set, if, if, if you set metrics that matter, you can't sandbag. Right. Because if I make a whole bunch of calls and by the way, we found this out because we were putting, you know, like call volumes were down and you know me, I am not a, a fan of activity. No, right? the call volumes were way down and we, I am a fan of, you got to swing the bat a certain amount of times before we can improve your swing. Call volumes are down. We put a lot of pressure for, for call volumes to increase. And we saw call volumes increase with this sales rep. Every other quality of metric didn't move. Well, what we found was the person was making calls. Actually, we've seen this in more than one case. One, one time we found that they were making their calls between 10 p.m. and 1 a.m. Yeah. Another time, what we found was and, and this was a company that they were a big fan of. They track talk time. So they not only track call, but they track talk time. You know, and the theory of talk time is, by the way, this is how byproduct versus objective, right? You're going to learn this. <laughs> because talk time, the longer I talk to you, so, you know, hey, a good call yeah. is going to average. So you, so you see the average talk time per call is, is three minutes, 15 seconds, which is, you know, for prospecting, it's pretty good. You want to guess what they were doing? They were leaving five minute long voicemails. No, that takes out. Have you ever left a five minute long voicemail? No, I haven't. They were calling joke lines. Pretty good. <laughs> right. They're calling joke lines. And, and by the way, this is before calls were recorded and, and, and everything is better. Yeah. But, but we looked at this, we saw a number and then, you know, we ended up finding out cause we called some of the, you know, we, we, you know, and again, I, and that, you know, that's somebody flat out cheating. Right. So in both cases that, that actually led to a dismissal, but, but, but my point is, you know, going back to, you know, if we only need 5% adoption for the CRM, why are you going for 90% adoption for yeah. the CRM? Yeah. Right. What, what, what are you gaining? I, I've seen this over the last year plus so much of the demand around the tech has been this, this acute awareness of a process problem, but they're not connecting it to what's the business outcome problem. Oh no. Yeah. And then, and, and by the way, if you don't connect it to a business outcome problem, then you can't manage the trade-offs to manage the ongoing implementation 
to generate the adoption utilization so that, right? And it's such and, and, a hard mindset to train people to get into because you're we're so used to defining the acute thing or or the initial need or it, like like actually so, having it connect to the outcome is so hard. Do you know foundationally one of the fundamental things that makes humans different from any other animal? It's our ability to think, but our brain hates to think. Yeah, it sucks. It hurts. Our brain hates to think. And so we find all kinds of reasons not to think. And so simple becomes the reason not to think. But the question is, simple's not enough. It has to be complete. It has to be simple and complete. If it's simple and complete, then it's lovable. And when it's lovable, you don't have to fight for adoption. You don't have to fight for utilization, right? But it has to be complete. And, and what leads to complete? How do you define the problem? The problem named is the problem solved. Yep. You, you define the problem as a technology problem. You define the problem as a CRM problem. You have a CRM initiative. And there is no way to disengage salespeople faster than to talk to them about a CRM initiative. If it's not a performance issue, remember I talked about Jim Furyk before? Yep. The worst thing, and people did, they tried to change his swing. And guess what happened to his score? Do you know how many Jim Furyks in the world had someone change their swing? And as a result, they never became a professional golfer? Right. Because the goal's not the swing. We're not doing this because we want to we want to win the perfect swing award. We're doing this because we want to win the US Open. Right. Right. You know, that's why, you know, you you work on your swing on the practice range. You focus on how many times do you hit the ball to get it into the hole on the course. Right. So they say there are no pictures on the scorecard. But again, so it's that configuration and understanding that configuration and that's where the mess is. And so if you want to be simple to use, then the thinking has to be put into the system. And when that's not clear, then the thinking has to happen at the point of execution. And now, why the hell am I using this damn CRM anyways? Yeah, I've been asked that, that is, out, right? By several sales reps. And, and, and that is why, Oh, by the way, when we get asked that question, the only way we answer it effectively is when we talk about the business process. Yeah. Yeah. If I talk about, well, because we need to have the data in because of blah, 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 blah. It's, you know, right. It, it's the adults in, in Charlie Brown, right? In a Charlie Brown yeah. uh, TV episode, right? And, and, and so the debate of how should this be structured? I think we could ask the question, how should we do this? I don't know. How do you want to do it? Yeah. Right. Tell me how you do it. Right. We, and, and, and so, you know, that mapping process, by the way, it's scary because you, yeah, you have to make lots and lots and lots of choices and, it, and, and it's hard and it's difficult, et cetera. But, but this is the other place where I see an awful lot of weakness in, in, in implementations and management, um, you have to blend the knowledge. Like there are a lot of people I know that are listening to this that are feeling empowered because I'm talking about configuration and I'm only half giving them credit because they can configure the shit out of a CRM, but they don't, but they can't sell their way out of a paper bag. Right. And what I mean by that even more is they don't understand what is involved in the sales process or what's going on. If you don't understand that discipline. Yeah. Right. And now I'm not saying every individual has to have that, that ability, but that is what like 
that's my whole battle. We're going to talk about this, I'm sure, in the future about you know this this idea of the the admin, right? The way um, there is no the way, and 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 so enabling. By the way, another way to make it simple is to make it. There's only one way to use this. It's another great way to get people to stop using it. So so you have to enable people to do what they want to do. Like enabling people to do things well without having to spend a lot of time on non-productive activities. Well, think about it. People have been asking for that since the beginning of time. Yeah. It, 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 it can happen. You can certainly make progress there, but that's hard work. That's the thought process that goes into the configuration. You've got to look at it. You've got to define it through the lens of the utilization, the behavior of, and let that drive the choices that you're making about the tech. And that's what I mean by a CRM is only as good as its configuration. That's awesome. Um, a couple of, a couple of takeaways. Um, you know, the, the problem is adoption and utilization. I, I liked what you said about top performers should have the higher adoption and utilization. Um, I think that's a good indicator of if, if the system's working and, you know, always, and then, um, simple and complete makes it lovable. Yeah. And I, I want to be clear. I, I think in most cases that, the, the top performers are not going to have the highest utilization, right? Like I think in most companies that, you know, that's what you would, you know, that, that yeah. that's what you would see. I, I would go about, you know, you know, the question that I would ask is why are they not utilizing? Yeah. Yep. Right. And again, I, I think they'll have high rates of adoption, but, but they won't have the highest rate of utilization now in a, in a well-designed system and process, you, you, you should see that. But again, it, you, you know, the measurement's not a, you know, we we do help people measure that because they ask for those measurements. Yeah. But but again, to me, that's focusing on the wrong measurement. You, you know, it it's are we getting are we getting what we need? Yep. Until next time, Jeff. Until next time, indeed. That's a wrap on this episode of the RevOps Show. Pieces that stuck with me differ slightly from Jess's takeaways and I feel are important to remember. One, which isn't so different, is that you can't just have simple, you have to have complete. And two, no two CRMs should be the same when they are up and running. There's no one size fits all here. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about CRM configuration or anything RevOps related, email me at hannah at imaginellc.com or hit us up on Twitter at demandcreator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.